We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2022 Valero Texas Open Picks, Bets, One and Done, full preview, plus a little bit of a recap of last week. If you guys are wondering about the Masters schedule, the PME Masters week begins on Friday with myself and Justin Ray, breaking down the entire course, doing the research. We'll have the Millionaire Maker Pick show out this weekend. And then, of course, Jeff and I Monday, Rick and I Tuesday in the live chat with myself and Toteg and Tambo next Wednesday. We do have a live chat this week. There will be DraftKings picks this week as well. So don't worry about the Valero Texas Open. We'll be breaking down this field. Just a reminder to everyone out there to smash the like button for the episode. Say something positive down in the comment section. Help us rig that algorithm and sub to Mayo Media Network on YouTube and play in the DraftKings Listeners League. We did not fill it for the first time ever, I think, last week. I guess people hate match play, didn't realize it started on Wednesday. Maybe they personally don't like me. That I could understand. Either way, it's rake-free. We should fill it up as quickly as possible with the 3,000 spots this week so we can try to get 100 k in guaranteed rake-free money for the Masters next week. Let's work on that. If we can fill it by, like, Tuesday afternoon, I think that we're going to be pretty good on that front. Jeff Feinberg is joining me on the line right now. Unfortunately, Jeff, I can't slap the shit out of you through the camera. Why would you want to slap the shit out of me? I'm fist pumping like Paul E.D. to hear in the master's schedule. And like the olden days, sports betting, the sports betting market has gotten so competitive, Pat, 
that we can't even do an early Masters odd show because it's pointless. Like it, it would be dead Monday morning when these books do a little reshake, right? Like they're going to rejig the whole freaking thing. A hundred percent. And as we've seen over the past like few years, that future betting is basically gone at any of the majors. I saw a couple people still pointing out that Scheffler was still 40 to one for everything that wasn't the masters. It's a really good number. That number is not going to be there in two months time. It's probably not even there this morning. It just happened to be lingering out there, but everyone else is like, unless you can catch one or two guys, then the number's just going to be better the Monday morning of than it is now. Like they've, they've taken that out of play, which is crazy to me because you think that they would want to be fostering you to put your money into the book, thus taking the money out of your account and forcing you to redeposit, getting yourself overexposed. I mean, all these sports books really want to do is take advantage of you as the bettor that you think they would offer some juicier odds uh, as futures because right now there's no it- point in betting them. And there's a guy who hasn't been playing well at all, like embarrassingly bad, but I'm seeing life and and I was looking for a number, like scouring, like nothing. They didn't budge. So I am hoping that people don't realize a little thing or two that I'm seeing and uh, the readjustment goes my way. But guys playing horribly don't go backwards. Guys playing forward, uh, you know, playing well, get dropped exponentially. No one made out well betting Masters Futures. And I'll sum it up this way in the sense that, okay, if you made a Scotty Scheffler last year, like, okay, great for you. But the thing is, Scotty was never a player. The biggest Scotty numbers, you say there's 40 out there. That was like, you're never finding a big Scotty number because he was the new player that always T5 or like they were just never letting you bet Scotty at a big number, even if he had one win and not three wins. Cameron Smith, I doubt there were ever huge Cameron Smith Masters numbers the way he's played so well at the Masters. I can't think of another soul whose Masters number could be better than it was. People telling us like, go run to bet Cantley, like player of the year, won the FedEx Cup that number will still be there in the competitive marketplace with him on a little slump. People might be shocked. I'm not saying you're going to get a huge one, but you know, Ron, like name a player, name a player outside of Scheffler or Cam Smith, whose master's number would go the other way. The only one whose number has gone the other way that I've really seen because it had dipped back down, but we kind of expected that to happen was Brooks. Not so much that the actual number. But they never gave it to us. No, but you can, you can still get 20s out there on him right now. And I'm guessing he's going to be a popular pick the week that Augusta comes along. I can see him getting beat back down to like 16. When he was at his nut low, they never gave us anything that made me say, like, I'm betting Brooks right now. I get it. If you think Brooks is winning the Masters, that's just a thought you've probably had um, for months, despite the fact he's playing well. And, you know, that was the first time I think he's ever played the Dell match play healthy in like four years. And he played great. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Brooks is his own animal anyway. 
And it wouldn't be shocked if the books like Juice Brooks because they love to bait that market. I, I'm looking at it but right now. He could catch him. He could catch him. I'm looking at it right now. I see the he's listed at 16 to 1. You can get the boost up to 22 to 1 if you really want to. But that number was at 25 this weekend before he went head to head with Dustin Johnson and ended up losing, of course. But that number is now coming back down a little bit. The only Masters like real future I've made. I have the Peters money, the Bobby Mack money at triple digits. That's more like fun coupons. But I did make a sizable wager on Adam Scott this weekend. I've seen enough out of Scott. I'm joining you on that train. I bet him at 66 to one. You can still get him at 70 to one uh, at different places, but he's down at like 40 to one in some spots too. Like shopping around for the right number on any of these futures. Like don't just have your one book. Now your main book should be DraftKingsSportsBook.com, obviously. But if there's better numbers out there, I mean, you know, 50 bucks is 50 bucks to everyone, right? 50 bucks is 50 bucks to everyone like you. Uh, very similar. I have that fun little Peter's flyer, which I'm sure it'll be 200 to one. Yeah. <laughs> Although, oh man, did he make birdies and whatever you could. A lot of guys had moments where you thought it could work for them. And Scott, I kind of been in on it since Christmas. Don't feel bad. The best ceiling number I got and I shopped it was 80. So you waited, you wanted to see more. You got a 60, Six. Six, but yeah, I've been on that that Scott train for a while. I hope it culminates. I even bet him live in the tournament early uh, at at almost at his starting number, and I joked with myself, "Well, I can't watch. I can't. I have to protect my Masters bet because if I if a guy wins, I mean, I guess you could debate what it'll mean for Scheffler, but Scott doesn't have like two wins in a row in him." So like I got to protect my master's future and I can't come on here today and watch Pat celebrate a Scott win that I'm holding a master's ticket on that feel real naked. Thanks, Kevin Kisner. Kisner just killed me one at a time. Willie and 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 Scotty. Oh, oh, he just broke my heart. Kisner broke my heart this week, dipping all over the course. I wasn't one of those evergreen Kisner betters. Props to you guys who, if you did play it, you got the full wagon run to the finish. But he he just, that little run just, just took my soul. Took it. Took it. It was, it, I went through, because Sky did a really good job of tweeting out the DraftKings implications of what had happened coming out of the group stage. So once we got into the round of 16, and it was like 0.0001% got all six three, all six players through. And then there was like 0.34% that had five of six. I had two five of six teams. And I was like, oh, here we go. They all lost in the round of 16. It was devastating. All my outrights that I got through, they all lost. Xander couldn't beat Finau, and that was the end of him. But like Morikawa, it's funny because people were, I got a little bit of pushback because I was like, you know, let's just see where this Morikawa Masters number ends up because it seems like the, the shine is off. No one really wants him anymore. And he just got blown out by Abraham Answer. But he hadn't been trailing in any match before that. Like he went all, he went two zero and one. He blew it late in like two of those matches. But he had built up such a huge lead the entire time. Like the first time he was trailing all week wasn't that answer match, and that was it. It was in the knockout stage. So what are you really gonna do? Then Na came back. He ended up blowing it against Zalatoris because Zalatoris finally made a fucking putt. Scott was up three with four to go. I lost outright. Like it was lost. It was it was a bad Sunday or Saturday morning my for wife's, myself. My <laughs> wife's my wife's mom's boyfriend i don't really know the guy well just like you know practically getting to meet the guy comes over 
Like me and me ask me other questions about my life. I'm watching Scott like just implode versus Kisner. And that's not like a good first impression. Me and you, we were going to record some NFL stuff last week as Scott was gas, almost gas canned his first match to Rose. And you saw me tweaking. So imagine me on the uh, elimination stage of it's of it whenever that was, I guess, Saturday. I can't complain. I, I I ended up on DJ in the end. It got me far. He lost to Scheffler because he forgot the match started or thought he was still playing Dick Bland. I don't know. I really listen. If D, if DJ was going to no show against Scheffler and then completely mail it in against Connors in the third place match, he should have just let Bland win. If Bland beats him, he's in the Masters, and now Bland's not in the Masters. Yeah, there's a lot of. I get it. So much pro Bland and credit to Bland. He won the Cust Invitational match, that big playoff spot versus Westwood on on Friday. So the trophy's in the mail to Bland, and I'm sure a participation medal is in the mail for 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 Westwood that he can wear proudly. Um, you know, it's such a fine line. You know, everyone had their moments where they could have been on the cusp as uh you know, I saw people tweeting Scheffler, like Fitzpatrick had an eight or 10 footer to beat Scheffler, you know, couldn't do it to just eliminate him, get him out of here. Everyone sort of had their, their, their moments and, you know, the variables, so many of them and Scheffler last man standing and how can you debate it and credit to, I think is Dave Tyndall who wrote a great article a couple weeks ago, maybe after the Scheffler second win, saying everything he's doing has this identical like quick surge to number one david duvall trajectory and boom we're here like three weeks later and number one in the world before more cowan hovland it's magic it's insane but i think this goes to show like how rom was able to get to number one and then maintain being number one for so long despite not winning is very much the same way that scheffler was able to get to number one so quickly out of i mean it's not out of nowhere he won three events this one being the biggest of the three events but just the overall I mean he had a top 20 in all four majors last year in every big event he wasn't missing cuts he wasn't coming t60 just like Rom it's like even though Rom is not playing well right now it's like oh yeah Rom's t13 Rom's t8 he never had a chance to win at any point but all of those high finishes the consistent top 20s top 10s everything like that if you're just playing the world rankings game then that's how you're going to get to the top whereas someone like Morikawa Morikawa is like yeah, I'm first or I'm like dead last. <laughs> yeah, and I guess that's why they're so volatile in that respect. And you're right. And credit to a lot of people who were pointing that out, that people are making a lot of these wins and they're they're to take nothing away from any of them. It really is the totality of what has been Scotty Scheffler and his ability to play great at every single track he teed it up in. Um, and again, I joke, but... You know, I drafted him 14th overall in our league, and he's probably won more money than some total teams at this point. Yeah, like, I, he may he may have crazy. won more money than all of my team at this point. So I'm glad he's sitting this week out before we get to Augusta. I don't want to say that there's no chance that he wins at the Masters, but do you think he ends up being the guy that everyone looks at? Because I he's down in the same range as Dustin, Rory, Cam Smith, Justin Thomas. Like He's a part of that tier. He's the number one player in the world. He probably should be. That's you see him at 16 to one. You'll see him at 14 to one. You'll see him at 18 to one. Do you just get the feeling that no one's going to take him, whether it be DraftKings, whether it be betting, they're like, oh, we missed it. And then he'll just win the masters because he is doing this thing right now that it reminds me a lot of Molinari when Molinari went on his run. 
that no matter the position that he gets himself into, be off the tee, and he just has this like horrible lie, he has to get himself up and down from 120 yards. He hits the approach to like 13 feet. He's making that par putt. We saw that at the Arnold Palmer Invitational in those tough conditions. Even this week at the match play, like every time he had any sort of adversity, like in the final round against Kisner when he chipped it like two feet in front of him into the bunker and then made the bunker shot. Like he's just, everything is coming up Scheffler right now. It's kind of crazy. What he did at Bay Hill, every time he was behind a tree, and had to put it into layup range and then stuck it to 18 feet and then hit the par putt. He didn't have to do that a ton, but when he did have to do it, he hit the putt uh, or hit the bunker shot. Cause I was going to say, I don't know there, there was a point in that match versus Kisner where he was, didn't tee off first and he wasn't hitting his ball second. Like and Kisner didn't put any pressure. And you said it, the one pressure spot where you felt like oh, Kisner Right where he wants them, Scheffler drains the bunker, the bunker shot, and you feel like okay, that's um, that's that. It's incredible. It's not surprising. It's like you, how do you put this? Like there's so many great players, and you win, and they're like, oh, maybe that can create like the windfall for them because they're so good and they're so consistent. And for him to do what he's done, I don't know. It's kind of dumb, uh, dumbfounded. I will be one of those people, though, that has to feel like he should just totally fade Scheffler, though, at the Masters. Like, that is my Monday morning reaction to him being number one in the world. And that's not a disrespect to him. That's just how I feel. That being said, what happened at Bay Hill, Pat? He goes off at like 16, 18 to one. He wins the goddamn event. What happened this week? I didn't really pay much attention to him, to be perfect. I shouldn't say that. But he was like 16, 18 to 1. And I was like, no, nah, I'm just going to bet guys in the 20s. I don't want to go to that Michelin star restaurant. I'm just going to like Morton's. I lost. Yeah. That, the DJ. You I, know? I, I wouldn't even. I mean, as someone who bet Xander in that like weak group coming out. So was, did I. Just it, like, what, what am I doing here? <laughs> Why don't I take a guy who actually wins? Well, Xander. Jeez. Speaking, that's a whole other spe conversation. Speaking of all of that, I mean, he's primed to win the Masters now. Now that like legit no one wants anything to do with him anymore. Uh, so now. Of course, history is the only thing that's going to save him. But I was already wondering when he got eliminated on Friday. I was like, am I going to see a 35? Yes. Like, you might see a, a 40. 40. You might see a 40. To win the Masters. And then we're all going to bet it, and he's going to miss the cut. That's what's going to happen. You know how this works. I did want Yeah, and I'll get lots of... Because we're not going to bet a guy that actually wins. Yeah. We'll see. I'm excited to talk about that. I'm looking forward, Pat, to doing my Brooks Kepka. Like, I'm going to pretend I'm on an airplane flying to the Masters... And I'm going to make my, like, do, like, just red ink. Red ink it. <laughs> like, who are the 33 men who can actually win this sucker? It's probably even... Forgetting even odds. Forgetting odds. It's probably for, even like, less than that, because unless it's a former winner, and that's sort of the Scott <laughs> angle that we're going at, like, if you're not inside the top 20 in the world, you're probably not going to win the match. Top 25, let's say, because I think Hideki yeah, was 21. Yeah, let's say 25. I think Hideki won 21 little... last year. And there'll be names where I'll be like, you don't think that guy can win the Masters? And he'll be ranked 27th. And you'll be like, okay, we got to include him. We do. Were you surprised? You shouldn't be surprised. But to look at some of the group winners from the match play, it was all like the 
if we had to draw up a list of the most annoying players to play in a match play setting, they all won their group. Nah won. Kisner won. Hatton won. Like, all these guys, you're just like, ugh. Like, I couldn't imagine playing 18 holes with this guy. He's just going to grind you the entire time. That actually turned out to be, like, a pretty decent strategy. The one thing that I don't like about all this Kisner stuff, because, of course, now we're hearing it again, you know, Kisner, Ryder Cup, although Kisner at the Ryder Cup this time, just like we said for, I think that we made the case for Kisner in France when they were playing because they brought a bunch of guys whose skill set did not match that course whatsoever. Kisner's did. We know he's good at match play. But let's not, like, yes, Kisner's an excellent match play player, but if you played this at Torrey Pines, you'd be fucking terrible. <laughs> I don't think the back end of the team was weaker in France than it is now. Just as, like, all my hype about what they were going to do at the last one was, like, this team is so different. Scotty was 12th man last time. I don't care. I do not care. He had an opportunity. They should have taken him in 19 or whatever uh, in France. They blew that. That doesn't mean there's make goods in this game. They screwed that up. It was uh, Furyk who screwed it up. Uh, yeah, I think it was Furyk. And just that course set up to his skill set so well. Just, and that was just, part of the just, reason just you like... Europe. Yeah. And you called, you said Furyk's already fucked this up and he's going to fuck it up during the event too. And you, you, you called it like literally on the head, but he, there's no make good unless there's a make good. He can get in unless they play this event, the Ryder cup at Austin country club. There's no merit for Kisner to get in. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. Willie Z. We could go down the list of guys that weren't in the last time that could rank ahead. Can I tell you how uh, like, much? I don't care. I, 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 it's fun to talk about, but it, when it comes to time to make that, and if you want to glad hand someone for the B game at the President's Cup, I don't even care either. I can see that. That that could be the, the route that we go down with this. But on the President's Cup team, some guys want to. But no one really ever wants to take a pass. That's no, the one thing. Like, yeah, Ti- no one wants it. No one wants it. It's not like Tiger was sitting out President's Cups because he's like, oh, give someone else a chance. No, he was playing every no, year. It's, <laughs> it's really prestigious. It's like the, making the all-pro team. Right, like that's literally the equivalent of it to make the inner like any of them. So it's really prestigious, and you get a lineup. How many you made, and it's a Hall of Fame thing. Guys don't bail if they're healthy. They don't bail because they want two more weeks in Cabo, and there must be really good cash. There's no way they don't get like a great cut of the TV money um, in it as well. But yeah, no one wants to bail. Because bailing, like, no one wants to put their spot in jeopardy, maybe even for the Ryder Cup. Um, And even yesterday, Pat, did you catch the broadcast? They did that great piece on how young every winner's been this year. And they did um, uh, an homage to, like, all the older uh, major winners, and they, they cut Phil out of it. I, I missed that. Uh, to kind of circle back, there were two things I did. I mean, we should, we should talk about the broadcast, that they had four guys on the course, yet they couldn't show us all the shots. We were mind-boggling. Yeah, I don't know what to make of. I don't know what to make of um, that. And I would also like to say, before we get into Houston, it's, I ranted it's, it's, about it's, it's this. Not, it's not Houston, but okay. Oh, it's Valero, sorry. Um, I think it's... A couple things. Bet365 screwed over one of my good buddies so hard yesterday. He had a huge Kisner bet that I guess he would have made live during the Scott match at 100 to 1. 
and he made two of them and he doesn't bet small and he he wanted to cash one of them out and keep one going um after when they were set to the finals and right when the finals like the semifinals ended he had a cash out option and it never came back like the whole time they never brought it um back so that sucks but and that was really like weird and low of them but i guess they knew scotty was gonna win the match i don't know furthermore i think it's disgusting that the only place that i can get real-time shot data to follow golf is on a sports book I, I think it's disgusting i think it it it, it preys on 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 weak people like I, I shouldn't have to go to that site to to follow golf it should be available on that site that makes so much sense but it should also be available on your outlet and the same manner. That is all I'm saying. It is disgraceful. It is, it is disgusting that that is how this game works out. I will spin it the other way because it's the IMG feed. It's not a proprietary feed that Bet365 has on the go. And I even kind of mentioned this, like when I re-up with DraftKings, I was like, you know what's a really good way to get people onto your site? And I was just using a lot of the Bet365 model, especially for a lot of these international sports, like during the pandemic when I was betting on ping pong on a Saturday night because I had nothing to do. Do you know why I was betting on ping pong? Because they were showing it on the site where I could bet it. Like live rights, live streaming rights, and even data rights, the most up to date i think is a huge advantage like why why would anyone who doesn't bet on that site use that site and get them to come to it like if everything's about customer acquisition and you're paying hundreds upon hundreds and hundreds of dollars per player that you can get to sign up at your sports book why not just splurge and buy the data rights to this and people will just naturally come to your site because you have the best options i think it's genius to tell you the truth to no, have this I, but, I, but, I, but i'm saying that this is not just available for them and it's not exclusive and proprietary to them. People can go pony up any site and get the better feed. They just don't. Again, I agree. It makes so much sense for them to have it. But when the actual like tours sites don't have it themselves, that's disgusting and disrespectful uh, in my opinion. I also don't like, cause there's gimmicks to it. Like, I don't like seeing, even with the odds up, like the odds go away and then I know, oh, something big happened. Like I like having the unknown um, element of it too. Like if I could just get the feed without seeing odds and I don't even care. I'm not even the one like making the bets. I just mean the like the way they go on and off are like key indicators of, of what is about to come through. I want to see it on on just the the tours uh, access or anywhere that doesn't isn't involved in that. Like it should just be available somewhere that's not involved in that element of the sport. Is Agre I guess what I'm saying. Oh, I completely agree. But I this is just lob it back to the PGA Tour for this and just not understanding their consumer base. I'm it lobbing it back to them, and I said it's disgusting and disgraceful, and they are like want to be in this. Whatever I said, I'm there. I'm bad. Uh, 
few other match play things, I did find out once again, and this really got doubled down for me, that it's really nice to see Corey Connors' ball striking improving so it could match his immaculate short game. That was just terrific. As I pointed out on the Twitter machines, is that I think Azinger thinks this because they never show Corey Connors on TV unless he's making a putt. So Azinger just must assume he's never missed a putt in his life. I think, I know that sounds like a joke, but I think that might actually be the case. Anything's possible with that doofus. <laughs> and oh, like, I don't, I don't, yeah, that wouldn't shock me one bit. Additionally, you know, Austin had a coach in the NFL last year, not know who Aaron Donald was. <laughs> I suppose that's true. And so Aust- I, you told me, like, wouldn't be shocked one, one iota. Austin Country Club. Perfect spot for the match play, by the way. I can't think of a better course for it. It's great. I love it. Yeah, I can't wait till Kisner falls, like, lower in world rankings at some point. And, you know, players have their watch for the Masters. We're going to have, like, Kisner's watch to get into Austin. You know, like, 64th man, he got in. Let's go. Yeah, he's going to start paying people off if he's, like, 67 or 65 or something like that. It's like, here, here's 100K. Take the week (laughs) off. I, I need to get into this field. Um, cause yeah, I, I, like you, I think it, the feedback is incredible and I think they're probably there for <laughs> through Kisner's career. Like I don't see them moving that event at all, especially I feel like it's mentioned many times PGA is building something out there and yeah, I don't know. F- everyone's got an entourage. I don't know if you heard like Scheffler had that huge entourage all week. The answer entourage was the loudest one in the house. The loudest one in the house. So good for them. And uh, they'll probably be showing up at Valero. Oh, most definitely. I mean, answer is here right now. It's, it's, it's pretty. How close is I actually thinking of the geography of Texas? How far away is San Antonio from Austin? It's not that far, is it? Like two hours, maybe? I, just, I, suppose, I suppose I can Google this, couldn't I? You put no, I'm you could you just put the wrong guy on the spot with that. It takes, let's see, an, okay. an hour and 17 minutes to drive. So, yeah. Texas is a huge bitch, but that seems pretty freaking close. An hour? Yeah, just a, like an hour and a half. You get some traffic, you know, go just a little bit above the speed limit. You'll be good to go. So, yeah, those entourages will probably come up. And you know that Answer has the huge base in Texas anyway. It's just like Spieth. Like, it's, it's going to be great for Spieth. Whether they play in San Antonio, Austin, or Dallas, anywhere in Texas is going to be really good for Spieth. And that's probably why he's the defending champ at this course. Anything else? I suppose we should talk about Tiger at the Masters. Is, do you think it's actually going to happen? I think it is. I don't know. I, I, like I'm smiling thinking about it, but I don't. I don't know. I guess if he wasn't going to play, he would have told. Like it's really a final hour decision because that's what it feels like now. Yeah, well, if people don't know, he was spotted at uh, at Medalist over the weekend. Was he walking? A, yeah, there was no cart. He walked all 18 holes, and I think he played it multiple times to get himself prepped. As DB pointed out from the tour junkies, like, playing Medalist, not quite like walking Augusta National, where you're going up 
and then down and then up and and you're someone who's coming off major knee surgery right now i guarantee you that walking uphill will hurt at first but you'll be able to regain your strength walking back uphill it's just like when you go for a run running uphill is much more difficult but it leads to fewer injuries than running downhill because you just don't have that support it's something completely different that it's really the downhill stuff that might catch you like if you're dealing with uh, an unstable knee or something like that so you'll watch that when you're walking downhill he now was celebrating downhill i forgot i I totally forgot about that didn't he come like fourth that year (laughs) yeah incredible uh maybe tiger's just trying to play the par three with uh charlie i don't i don't know do you think augusta would he play the par three if he's playing the masters he probably feel like he doesn't want to take any extra steps but if he's not playing the masters how could he not play like shouldn't he be would you be surprised if he didn't play the par three or just think I'm not here for this, like hit and get it's not, I don't my, my like, he just, no way am I playing that? I don't think we'll see him in it either way, whether he's playing or whether he's not playing. Yeah. If he's not playing, I think he's conceding. I'm not healthy. He enough. likes giving Charlie the rub. Sure. Maybe, Char- maybe he can just walk with Charlie and like get pay someone else to carry the clubs Being and just Charlie's walk around caddy. with him. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, you probably don't want tiger. If he's not healthy enough to walk the course, you probably don't want the guy walking around carrying a golf bag either. I guess I'm, I don't know. It's, it's suspicious. And I got to say, I think it was the day after we got off. I'm shocked. Phil's not playing. It makes my mind go to other places, Pat, because for him to not play being healthy, no one has told us he's suspended for him to not go to his happiest place on earth and a place that could do as best as any golf event on planet earth to shield him and protect him from all the nonsense is incredible to me. I, if there was a bet, I'd have gotten killed. I am, I am shocked. Uh, that shocked me. Other people didn't seem surprised. Floored, floored me. Knowing the relationship between the PGA Tour and the Masters, which the PGA Tour doesn't run any of the majors, I think that people forget that. It's just like people think that the PGA of America is the same as the PGA Tour, which runs the PGA Championship. That is not the case. They are two completely separate entities. That This has got to be an Augusta call, doesn't it? Say, hey, fuck off, Phil. I can't believe that they would do that. And I think a part of this, I think this ties in with the Tiger thing too, whether or not, like, let's say the Tiger doesn't end up playing. Do you think that the guys at Augusta National got on the phone and be like, hey, ticket sales aren't doing that great. We got no Phil. We got no Tiger. Tiger, can you make it at least seem like you're going to play so we can sell some of these tickets? Well, I don't believe any of the, I mean, Masters tickets, like, I, I know they're evergreen, I think. And if you, honestly, if you're like a corporate you know, uh, you know, Wall Street bootlicker and you're not interested in going to the Masters because Tiger and Phil aren't there, like, fuck you. <laughs> like, the game isn't as great of a place as it's ever been. No wonder these guys wanted a Saudi tour. Like, look at who wins golf tournaments now. Scotty Scheffler, but you know what I mean. Like, it's got to be, if you're like 34 years old, you got to be looking like, what the F am I supposed to do right now? Like, I guess you just, like, they pay great for 20th place, as Kisner says. But, man. Woo! You can see why Kokrak was uh, was was thinking about going Saudi. Yeah, it makes total sense. It makes total sense. Those guys are in the locker room, and they're these 22, 21, 23-year-olds 
walking in with this vinegar and spice for the moment. And you're like, like, I got to do this today. Hope it goes well. Like, I don't know. It's, uh, and I kind of make that comment because I read this long article on Lahiri as he sort of documented some of his mental health struggles. And his low point was not on the golf course, but in the locker room, sitting there, getting ready to go play golf at one of these like subfield events, Pat. And like the energy that these like 22 year olds have in the locker room compared to you, you're like, I don't know. Like it's uh it's a mind fuck. You just kind of feel defeated in some respects. Um, so I don't know, made me even happier for him and that great cash grab he scored at, at the players. And he seems to be invited to so many things because like his worldwide status in some regard, like they like all those invitationals they like to include him in. Well, I think it makes a lot of sense. It's no real difference than when Fowler doesn't qualify for something. Obviously, one, you're dealing with Ricky Fowler, who is a superstar by name at this point. That's why he gets to be in every Farmers commercial. But when you can get the best player in India, and there's over a billion people in India, and you're thinking about growing the game internationally, it just makes a lot of sense to have the best Indian player in the world, who's pretty good, in your tournament as well, doesn't it? That makes total sense. I didn't even think. Yeah, I, I guess that's, yeah, makes total sense. Get get a half-decent Indian in your field and, yeah. I will tell you that we will probably not be recapping the Valero Texas Open next week on the Masters show. So let's jump into the Valero Texas Open and do all the talking that we need to do right now about it. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode? doesn't actually protect your privacy. That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, the ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internets. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. That means your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IP Vanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed, your computers, tablets, phones, even your devices like Fire Stick, where you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IP Vanish. IP Vanish is offering an incredible, get this, 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30 day money back guarantee. That's like getting nine months for free. IP Vanish is super easy to use. All you got to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to IPVanish.com Mayo and use promotional code Mayo to claim your 70% savings. That's IPVanish.com slash Mayo. Mayo. It's in San Antonio. It's at the TPC Oaks course. Uh, it's designed by Greg Norman with some help from Sergio Garcia. They've played it here since 2010. It used to be 
in like the middle of May or early June, but then it swapped out with Houston when Houston lost its sponsor. And now starting in 2019, it was the week before the Masters. That's how Corey Connors qualified for the Masters that year. He won this event, got him in. That's the only way that if you do not have your Masters invitation yet, that you can qualify for Augusta National next week. Win and in at this. Now, if Spieth wins and you come in second, you're shit out of luck. You're still not getting in. You have to win and you're not qualified in order to earn that spot. Spieth obviously won last year, did not take place in 2020 you sir the was it yeah you hit landry at like almost 200 to one beating out my trey mullenix that i also had at 200 to one that was sad for me but great news for you yeah and whatever i felt i was owed one because when charlie hoffman fist pumped me in the face when he hit the walk off on 18 to beat patrick reed bother uh, is my memory so i'm happy you give me a good a good Valero memory there, Pat. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's a long-ish course. It's a par 72, although the par fives are really long <laughs> here. Uh, it's you know over 7,400 yards can play up to 7,500 yards. There's a few things that really stick out in my mind about this tournament over the years. This was the site of that amazing AM-PM wind split that had the four-and-a-half-stroke difference. And we always kind of joke that Ortiz and Dustin Johnson deserve some sort of special recognition. Uh, the cut was plus seven that year. They got stuck in the awful wave, yet still came inside the top ten when all was said and done. I think Jimmy Walker was the winner that year. Maybe Stephen Bowditch ended up winning. Whatever it might be, I, I just thought that was really interesting to think about, that the wind wreaked havoc at this course that year. This is the course where not Kevin Na took the 16 on the hole and then went back with a chainsaw and like chopped down the trees and the brush around where he was at so this tournament's usually pretty fun obviously the Connors year where he just made a few putts and then hit everything to like two feet the entire week that was kind of insane Spieth gets off the schneid this is the Charlie Hoffman open he's won here he's come second three times he's come third another time so lord knows what he's going to be up to despite having a really terrible 2022 when I looked at the stats through fantasynational.com and I have the entire recap podcast and video out right now you can go check that out I mean, it's the one course really, not the one course, but it's one of the few courses on tour where obviously approach means the most when you go back and look at the top 10 and top five finishers. That's going to be the same everywhere in terms of the tee to green stats. Approach is the most important stat. But the gap between driving and approach here is a lot less pronounced than it is at almost anywhere else. And this is going to, we'll tie it into the favorites here. Rory's the favorite. Rory sets up perfectly. For this course, which is kind of terrifying if you're not betting Rory. Spieth is second at 14 to 1. Hideki coming back from injury. Have not seen him since he screwed everyone over at the Players' Championship in the DraftKings lineups. But he's back now. He's also 14. Connors is a former winner coming off a good week. So he's 18 to 1. Kirk, answer, 25. See, woo, Kim, 28. And then Bryson DeChambeau, 28 to 1, Jeff. I think that he's going to hit 30. 33 by the end of the week no one has any interest in Bryson whatsoever I went and reread my column from last year and talked about the strategy at this course and the types of players who do well and obviously Bryson wasn't in the field in any of the past two years but I pointed to the best strategy that you can have at this course because very few people actually hit the fairway it's one of the lowest fairway percentages in any regular rotation course on the PGA Tour is essentially employ the Bryson at wing foot strategy hit it as far as you can every single time and just make this into like a chipping contest and now Bryson's playing so I think I might bet Bryson okay so that was a list of players Pat there are very if I get beat by Rory and Hideki the week before the Masters I'm just gonna have to live with that fact 
specifically Rory, because I ain't betting that number freely ever. So good luck to you. I, oh, can I, can I tell you that I did? I bet Rory this week, Rory next week, 134 to one. Okay, that's a double? Yeah. I, okay, fine. That's my hedge out against Rory just demolishing everyone this week. Okay, maybe I'll tell you on that. That sounds fun. We can maybe do something like that. I can I can get on board with that. Um, and if I miss out on, like, the amount I would want to bet on Rory at seven and a half to one. Whatever. So if I just miss out on winning that, I'll uh, get over it. Although, like, the hardened gambler will be like, you just could have had seven and a half times your money that you left on the table because you doubled them with the Masters. I don't care. Um, Hideki, def- like, kind of off an injury the week before the Masters as Masters defending champion. I can't, like, that's just like red ink. I, I'm not betting him. I'm not betting him. Connors, I'd consider, but the number's too low. Speed can get you every time. And I'm willing to accept it, but it is. There are only really three players under forty to one that I'd consider. Although I did bet Chris Kirk at a different number. Yeah, so so, so, to... so yeah, this is a tough one because Chris Kirk's at twenty-five to one right now at DraftKings Sportsbook. And full disclosure, I bet him at fifty to one this morning. And even if you start searching around, what's the best Kirk number that I see? It's twenty-five at DraftKings Sportsbook. It's still forty at one spot. Chris Kirk is forty-five at this spot. And where is Chris Kirk? 40 to 1 here. So the worst number on the market right now is DraftKings Sportsbook. But I don't know if that's where he's going to end up because I know that everyone is going to bet Chris Kirk this week, especially when he opened at 60. It was like, ha, huh, that's fun. He is Andercurse, though. But that's our fault, not Tim's. Yeah, because I mentioned his name. I woke up to you and I said, I saw Chris Kirk 60. I didn't take it. Now it's at 50. I just feel dumb. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why I looked at a 60 and didn't bet it. Like, that's an idiot because it was never going to 70, you moron. But I bet the 50 um, side plot. But the week before a major, Pat, like, unless you have something to prove as a very, like, high-end player, top 25, 30 player in the world, I can't do anything with you. Spieth, K.H. Lee, Glover, and Higo won last year the week before a major and i would guarantee you it probably looks the same sort of list names probably most years or at least betting odd um factor so i I don't i don't know answer i love would you 25 yeah answer is at 25 right now obviously i like answer 25 better than kirk 25 Maybe answer is the play here because there's two very specific types of players who have done well here over the years. One, it's sort of like the the short-hitting, really good ball striker that finds a ton of fairways, like the Ryan Moores of the world, Lucas Glover's of the world. I think the answer, and Corey Connors, for that matter, that would fall into that bucket. And then you just kind of have your bomber or your just, you know, Spieth, who's talent kind of outweighs everything. I don't really know how to approach the high-end player with nothing to prove. I just find that's such a... I mean, you can talk yourself into the narrative to get names crossed off your list. I think that any method you can do to start whittling yeah, so names away is better. But if you're telling me that Hideki comes out and wins, I'm not going to be stunned. Okay, so thank you for making that clarification because I wasn't smart enough to make that point myself, assuming people just can pick up on it. 
all of this is always about picking a lane, whether it be last week and the type of player or match play or how you want to attack it. Like when I bet a tournament, like I'm picking a lane in the weeks before a major, the lane is I like to just completely avoid those guys at the top and history for whatever reason says there's something to that. Well, I think a lot. You know, I, oh, I think a lot of it just has to do with that most of the good players don't play a week before the majors. Therefore, uh, you course. have a, you have a super weak field. So the odds of one of like the quote unquote good players winning. I think what you should probably look at though are the actual odds on some of these guys. Like to look back in time at the past six. Valero is like one of the favorites has won every time except for Landry. Spieth was one of the favorites last year. Uh, Connors wasn't, but Connors wasn't an absolute long but shot. This either. hasn't been in front of the Masters very long. O- only twice, but before that, remember this was the spot where Chapel's odds got Chapel. Basically, what is happening to Chris Kirk this week? In uh, like he ends up like twenty five or twenty eight is what happened to the year that Chapel won this event, as I recall. And Rory's won the week before a major. It's not like I can I ignore that. Did he won the Canadian Open? I think it was the week before a major a couple years ago. And he won. So, and I believe he won the week before he won the PGA Championship as well when he beat Rory and Phil, or, uh, Ricky and Phil at Valderrama. Yeah, so you know, and as as it kind of got highlighted a lot last week, Pat, that um, he skipped match play because he just didn't think it was a good like pre-Masters event for him at all and you can make a good case and as Ivan said last week players match play seems like a very awkward lead-in to the biggest event of the year arguably I think it falls at a really awkward time on the schedule the issue is when do you have it then if it's not now do you kick off the year with it do you make the match play the FedEx Cup finals I I would actually kind of enjoy that no I don't I don't have an answer I'm just saying you know, because the players and the stadium course is its own, like, kind of animal. For those, like, really high-end players, I could see, like, how that makes sense when they say that it can be, it feels like a awkward Masters lead-in. So you got to just do what's best for you. If and, I, and Rory's here this week. If I didn't have Kirk at 50-1 to 1 right now, there's no chance I'd be betting him at 25-1. to 1. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, of course. And I think you're onto something maybe with Bryson. Uh, but he's one of three players under 40 to one that I'm honestly even considering this week. So so there's two that I'm considering, Kirk withstanding, because that number is unbettable. It's not unbettable. Look, you think Chris Kirk is going to win? It's 25 times your money. But just know that you missed every other good number, and there's still better numbers out there as well. What did you make of Bryson last week? The putting was legit. From Bryson. Uh, I enjoyed that part of it. And it didn't seem like he was hurt whatsoever. He just seemed kind of rusty. That was it. Like, not sharp. I thought you put that out very well. I, it was an event that we spoke about last week that, you know, it's almost the perfect event for him. I didn't think playing seven rounds of golf was really an ideal situation. I don't think one that's one that he forecasted. I don't think he wanted to lose or he might have won his Friday meaningless match. It's kind of a blur. Uh, Gooch. Did he beat Gooch? Can't, I can tell you that I had no Who impact. Cares? On it my... came down to Bland. But, he, but he, tied, he tied like the superstar. That is Richard Bland. So that's, that's a pretty good. Yeah. Result. So coming in off the momentum of that. Yeah. I'm happy he got those reps in. Now it's a big number. I think Bryson, when, if you think he's ready to go, you gotta, you gotta bet. You gotta bet it. 
Um, here's how, here's how, here's how I would, bumps. here's how I would frame it. I'm seeing Bryson. So, I mean, this number is going to change unless he wins this week, obviously, but where would you say he has a better chance of winning this event or next week at the masters? The answer's this week, by the way, against this field. So Yeah, it was rhetorical to me. Yeah, but you can bet him at twenty-eight to one to win this event or twenty to one at the Masters. So I, if you're gonna if you're thinking about Bryson, just bet him at twenty-eight to one right now. And to your point, because sometimes we make this claim, or I make this claim, like um, you know, when you compare a super elite's number at say the MX to the Masters, and then you're reminded, like, no, because the MX is known historically for wild cards you just laid it out forgetting where it's been on the calendar valero has been very kind to the top of the board or the better players in the field so um everything is its own so the, the masters comp i think is totally fair in this instance so the other one that i was looking at i looked at answer as well see woo you know, I love to get behind Siwoo, and he's been really good at this course. That's why his number is so low. And hell, he might go out and win this, but 28 to 1 is pretty low for Siwoo and the volatility that he brings. I like Woodland again. Woodland was T6 here last year. I put it in my article up on DK Nation this morning that five of the past seven winners of this event, I think that's what the number was. No, it's in the article. You can go read it if you want for the accurate number, but I'm just trying to freestyle here that five of the past seven winners have come top 30 the year before at the Valero Texas open. Gary was T six a year ago. He's coming off back to back top fives to kick off Florida. I was actually more encouraged by his Valspar numbers than I was at the other two. Cause at API and at Honda, it was like a putting clinic from Woodland, something that you don't really expect. The driving was good and the irons were eh, kind of meh at Valspar the driving was like about as even as you can find the putting was bad but the chipping and the irons all of a sudden came back so I've seen this number as low as 40 I'm probably gonna bet the 40 on Gary Woodland yeah so I bet the 39 to 1 I mentioned there are three players under 40 to 1 that I liked even at 35 I would still bet Woodland uh 33 I could probably even be talked into it so it was answer Bryson and Woodland were the only players under 40 I'm considering. And Woodland, I'm telling you, he's going to be hyper popular this week. But no, that's just people copying Pat. It's just been pro Woodland from go here. So we're not going to get off now. I think the week sets up perfectly for him. I think at the 35 to 40, the number is incredibly fair based on how he's played, based on field strength. You know, compared to some of the other numbers that that he has had, so I got no issues with it. My only concern is the wagon feels like it's getting real crowded. The Gary wagon. Yeah, the the amount of I have Newton on the show tomorrow for DraftKings, but I'm imagining that the Chris Kirk Gary Woodland combos and DraftKings lineups are going to be pretty popular this week. Even Answer, I think, is going to be super popular, which kind of makes me think because there's no way I would bet all three of those guys I mentioned. I just why not though? I like so, I, I could, but I like some guys at the back. Maybe I do, but I could see myself pivoting off of that Answer love and just going full Bryson potentially. I think that I'm going to end up on Bryson. And I do think that the number probably falls even more. The 28 is the best number that I've seen on market right now. Maybe there's a 30 lurking out there somewhere. Now, 28 is the best I'm looking at right now. That can always change as the week goes along. I just don't think that there's going to be a pile on with Bryson because Kirk, Woodland, we'll talk about a few more guys. He down just the- lost to a pod with 
bland and gooch and like he didn't win a match. Did we confirm that he didn't win the match? Oh, I thought you said he tied. No, he tied Bland. For- he tied Bland on the first day. Oh. So maybe he did beat Gooch in the end on Friday. So retract that. But either way, unsexy situation for Bryson. I don't think he'll be popular. I think answer will be very popular. Uh, and be all those guys, even Hideki, I think, as the number, if people, um, as the number's higher than I guess I would have expected, potentially. Bryson, you were correct. Bryson did not win a match. He tied Bland and lost to Westwood and Gooch. Not a great showing, but this is just more of a get the knock the rust off. Hopefully he's healthy. And I do think that this course, by and large, fits him really well for what he ideally wants to do off the tee. And if he can bring his putter along with him, I think that he can close that gap pretty well. So that's where I would be looking at the top of the board. I'll probably end up on Bryson. Like 28 is a good enough number for me. I'm going to wait it out to see if I can get a better number. And then we move to like the 30 to 100 range. And I think this is where you want to go. Although answer is really tempting. I mean, it's one. And he played well against Connors when he lost. And he played really well the entire week. So that's why, honestly, I know Connors went to the third place and won the third place. I'm telling you, even seeing that match, that was like splitting hairs between Connors and Answer. So if I can get Answer at 25, be Connors at 18, Answer 25, right? 25, right. 25 at DraftKings Sportsbook is the best number on the market right now for Abraham Answer. Yeah, I think they're basically the same guy. When they end up being President's Cup teammates, they're going to be a pretty formidable team unless the course is way too long. And I think they can both play Quail Hollow pretty well. Answer was second at Quail Hollow last year. They ran, they've been running a lot of President's Cup commercials and it just shows you how quickly things change because he's probably not even on the radar. But like they highlight that huge Ben Ann fist pump from the last one. Uh, oh, oh in the commercial. Oh boy, Ben Ann. And Answer had a good presence cup last time around. But Ann won, and just won on Corn Ferry, so we can't. We go only, only love. No, we love Benny. I want to see Big Bad Benny back. Uh, he was in the he was in the running at this tournament a few years ago as well. So Woodland forty to one for me. I would play it down to thirty three as well. I do think that he's going to gather steam here, but I just like the way that he rates out at this course. I like him a lot. And just the way you've kind of been beholden to him, this is almost the perfect event. Although, sadly, this was kind of the event that you spoke about at Christmas. But at the time, we're like, no, we're going to get like a 60-80 in this event. He has been playing really well. That's why I don't mind paying up um, for the 41 bit. Especially, and I know you got to make your own cases, I've created a lane for myself where I think some of the bigger guys, I don't even want to say it. But I've already, if you watch the show, you know what I'm saying. So there were two other numbers that stuck out to me from down here. Obviously, the Kirk number at 50, whether that's available or not anymore, I can't really tell you. It doesn't look like it is. 45 does seem to be the best number. 45 I'm in on. Why not go with 45? There's a 49 in Canada still. There you go. So you search around, you can find something out there on Chris Kirk. And that number is going to drop everywhere because Chris Kirk is a very popular bet this week. The Luke List opening number made legit no sense to me. I don't understand it. And it was the first thing I did when I looked at the board this morning. I was like, huh, Mito Pereira, 45 to 1. Luke List, 80 to 1? Okay, I'll bet Luke List. Yeah, so there were a couple players, Pat, that I saw really huge numbers on that were participants in last week, which meant their World Golf Champion status or caliber players. Luke List was one of them. 
Robert McIntyre, I saw open at around 80s as well. And they're probably the only two guys north of 50 who got to participate in um, in last week's festivities outside of Kanaya. Can- Westwood. Assume- Westwood. Bland. Polter. They're X-Factors. Westwood literally, Pat, like it was his Bay Hill in players last year is the reason he's in WGCs, right? I think like he, he, window he, yeah, but he he won something big in Europe like before that. Oh, and that soaked up a lot of points. Yeah. Anyhow, I guess Min Woo also made a lot of birdies last week, too. He's playing this week. Yeah. Um, I, I like I don't mind Luke List, and I still think there are some big numbers out there if you do want to shop them. I'm, see, I'm seeing a 60. Still, I'm seeing a 66 at DraftKings Sportsbook. That is a 60 on Luke List. Uh, he's the same as Mito here. Like, there's this tier of players all over the board, wherever. Like, I've seen Davis Riley as low as 40 because he won at TPC San Antonio, but it wasn't the Oaks course. I believe it was the Canyons course when he won on the Corn Ferry Tour. And he's coming off a great week at the Valspar where he lost in a playoff. So. Obviously, that makes a lot of sense. But you can find him up. You can find him down. Same as, like, Siwoo. You can find Siwoo at 33. I was looking at Vegas numbers as low as 55, as high as 33. So it depends on where you want to look to find guys. Do you know who I did bet at 50-1, to 1, though, and I feel dirty doing it? I know you did. Tell me you did. You I bet did. Tony Finau? I did bet Tony Finau. Yeah! Woo! I was going to... I Okay, you... Woo! Now you're going to tell me you bet Ricky at 80, right? No, I don't know if I would go that far. Uh, the one thing. Uh, Fino rained birdies yeah. versus Shoffley. I know. Shoffley I... lost. Shoffley really kicked us in the nuts, as he's famous for doing. But Xander just, I mean, sorry, Fino just beat him down with birdies. Birdies. When I went through the research show, obviously it doesn't include the match play because there's no strokes gain numbers from the match play. But I ran the past 50 rounds on my model on FantasyNational.com and ran the numbers on that. You can get 20% off FantasyNational.com, by the way, with FantasyNational.com slash Mayo. If you do it on Wednesday and get the weekly with code Mayo, then you get Valero and the Masters for that week period to build your lineup. So you should probably go do that. That sounds like a pretty good idea. Get like, it's like, seven bucks or eight bucks or something for the two weeks you check that one out but fina was ninth over the past 50 rounds in terms of the key stats that i was looking at i was like okay that's pretty good but what happens when i shrink this down to like past 12 rounds past 24 rounds and he was still inside the top 20 he's playing better than <laughs> the results kind of show at the moment there's zero consistency with his game right now but the irons are still pretty good we never know if he's going to putt or not like when he couldn't make enough putts to beat kevin not colonial that time another texas course but i don't know 50 to 1 in this field like i was it was between him and johnny yeah. vegas and vegas is playing better vegas actually rates out better than tony finau but i don't know i'm just slut for the the name tony finau give it to me 50 yeah to me one. too ceiling play finau with the lane that i'm taking this week it was actually a really easy click I was surprised. I saw 50 and my, my eyes must have, uh, I just clicked, clicked it, send you over. Uh, I had to honestly confirm I was in the right event. <laughs> and that's probably a fault of mine. Cause this is probably a fair right number. That's how bad he's playing, but I just need to make sure I wasn't betting like a major or something that he, you know, I, I don't know, but I'm in 
uh, on the 50. I watched him just dismantle Xander as I, as Kenyana did us the favor on Friday. So week before the masters, my exposure's light. Welcome friends and family ceiling. I don't care. 50 to one on Finau in this field when I've already taken a mental lane of thinking a few guys probably. Eh, so it makes it even better for, for my, uh, psyche that's often regularly wrong yeah you can bet tony finau this week at 50 to 1 or bet a masters future on him at 40 to 1 for next week seems like a pretty easy decision and he would kind of fit the idea of when we go back and look at the winners list from the valero you'll forget that tony was 50 to 1 when he won you're like oh yeah pretty good player won here and he would kind of fit that bill yeah absolutely he would just that's a yeah he would fit the long-term um look of of who has won here that's not to say that the the Mitos at 80 are still better than the Mitos at 40, even 50 that I've been seeing floating around. Man, I saw Troy Troy Merritt is 55 to 1 on DraftKings Sportsbook. I saw him at 200 to 1 at a different book. So that's also another great point. This is one of these events where you shop because the books don't really have an idea. Next week, they'll probably have so much symmetry. This week, they're so all over the place. Also, this is the type of week on some of those slower to move books where you can really catch them live because they don't no care. You know, they all these guys that we like, they carry no name value and they could just be going and, and the books don't move. Um, I don't know how to like explain that better properly, but we've spoken through that a lot. And this is one of those events. Totally. I mean, sometimes the books don't move in like good events that we think are somewhat prestigious like the arnold palmer so in this one though they'll, they'll be napping they'll be napping if uh i'm telling you if i don't know higo if if, if dylan fratelli's making a huge move like they, they won't even know it is it's it, it exists so so far the card this week is woodland 40 Finau 50 kirk 50 list 80 with the each way and you can sell me on a bunch of guys from this range if you really want to, but I think I'll end up with either Answer or Bryson, or maybe both. Honestly, they actually work with this card that I've constructed right now. But yeah. you, you, I, do you want to tell me all about Ricky Fowler? No, I, it's, I don't like that's up to you. I want to, I'd rather talk about the potential of Russell Knox. Um, maybe I'm just the guy, I, I, I don't know. I've keep posting him up in a long shot thing. I do for odds checker, at like over a hundred to one. Well, he ain't over a hundred to one. No more. No, but it's definitely a smaller field and he played well at, um, the players clearly. And he followed that up playing fine at, uh, we were still in Florida. Valspar. Was it? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I just look at these numbers. 75 I, like, to one. You could bet List or Knox at the same number. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, I could even bet Bobby McIntyre, too. Yeah, well, you'd see McIntyre down at 60, 65. He's 40 at DraftKings Sportsbook. Hadwin's as low as 35 at some spots. That seems like a pretty ridiculous number. You're betting Gim, aren't you? It depends on where the number I can find Gim. The place where I enjoy to bet Gim, he's down to 75 to 1. Although I think I just saw 100, so I'll probably end up betting Gim at 100, yes. I was going to say, I think I've seen 100 at a cross-border, you know, when you... If, if Gim wins, they're going to pay you out like you're on payroll. 
Like that's how it'll show up. <laughs> the uh, the the big one that I was looking at here from the rest of this range, and like there's triple digits on these guys, but Kazire was the only other one that really piqued my interest because he's playing a little bit better. Top ten here last year. This is where it all kind of started for him a year ago, and he just demolished Texas courses last year. Sorry, what is he? He was fifty five to one at DraftKings Sportsbook, but you can get him at sixty six to one. So you said 100. I was going to run to wherever that was. Let's see. Um, Yeah, Yeah, that makes 66 is the best number on Kazire right now. That makes total sense. He's a brick shithouse. You would think what you made those points about. um, This is one of those courses where it feels like he won't ruin his his trip, his three birdies in a row with a triple bogey off the tee. You hope so. Well, you hope not. Yeah, but you hope that this is that kind of course. Like Rasmus Hogard got into this field. He top 10 at Corrales. He's 80 to 1 in this tournament. Do you take a shot on his talent at something like this? The betting card I could potentially have is very talent heavy, Pat, when it exists of like potentially Bryson, Woodland, Finau, um, Bobby Mack. Like I kind of taking the guys that. Have I don't know, have played and won big things before, but I feel like I'm getting nice numbers. Um that's a ceiling I don't know that I'm I'm around on though. If you can take like I'm gonna end up betting Gim either way, because I, I believe in Doug Gim and his talent, but is he a better player right now than Rasmus Hogard, the guy who's you know, won European events? I'm not sure. And and you could argue this is a, almost a perfect spot for for Rasmus in the same way that um, Higo winning Palmetto, kind of the same number. And not that the numbers have anything to do with it, but um, more so referring to field strength. Although Palmetto was probably weaker than this. Palmetto didn't have a Rory and it probably didn't have a Spieth. Or Bryson for that matter. It, it was Hatton. I, Hatton was one of the two favorites at Palmetto, as I recall. I think he ended up coming in fourth or second or something like that, along with BVP and Higo, obviously, on the end of the, like, when it all came down to it, people started going backwards at the end of the day, Palmetto. I liked the Palmetto course, by the way. I wish they would go back there. Who Would you rather bet Rasmus over Rob, Bobby Mack? At the same number, no. But at every place where, like, Hogarth at DraftKings is 100 to 1, where I think that Bobby Mack is 40 to 1. Like, I'd rather bet Hogarth in that regard. Wow. So going back to that huge Bobby Mack. <laughs> anyway, Vegas I have interest in. Kazire I have interest in. It's a TPC course, so you can always have interest in KH Lee, but that number seems to be beaten down now. But I don't know if I'm going to get there with any of those guys. Are you? Um, no, not Kazire, not Hogard, but very much Bobby Mack could be in my, in my sights because I'm still seeing an 80. 100 to one and over. I don't want to play too many guys from down here, but the glove has been really good at this course. He's 130 to one at DraftKings Sportsbook. I mean, he is almost the poor man's version of one of the two ways you say win this event, Mm -hmm. right? 100%. Uh, Now, like, you could debate the poor, how poor of a ver. I mean, 
a year ago we'd have had this conversation it would have been like yeah but can lucas glover win now you could be like yeah it appears he can it was the week before a major too i want to say um yeah crossing 100 I, I got no beef with that i thought you'd be all over like a higo and a 150 or something i mean there's still time for me to come around on my guy garrick higo but it has not been looking too great for him and the great thing about this course is that there's only three water hazards in play so that's good news for lucas glover you can't just hit it into the middle of the water every single time t4 last year this course t14 the year before he had been playing well earlier on in the year but you have to remember like we're out of florida now things change a little bit like that that little mini florida run seems to be such a weird outlier in its correlation with what happens the rest of the year. Like, I, I find that the Texas swing, and now that we get into more Texas, more Midwest, uh, and really sticking in the South, and then we start jumping all over, I feel like it has a bit more in common with the West Coast swing. Like, Florida is just its own beast. 100%. And not to say, I mean, golf is an animal, and you can do some insane things live, but, yeah, Florida is just you're right it's almost like an outlier it's it's fun little amusement park no pun intended to it as part of the season and they include a premier event in that swing in the players um so yeah i liked it i lost a lot in florida though so i'm happy it's over <laughs> me too um uh glover gim smother man were the three that i was looking at 100 to 1 and beyond i think glover like has a realistic shot of winning at this tournament and again, he's another one that you would look back on. You're like, oh, Lucas Glover won this event. That doesn't seem out of place. Fair, all of it. I, I I like the Glover call. I mentioned Higo 150. I don't mind Hayden Buckley. Um, now, I'm not just naming names yet. These are people I'm considering because I think there's a wild card element to the week before a major. Uh, Aaron Rye, who people were so high on, uh, if this tournament was like three weeks ago. He's probably like 50 to one 60. So there's some really big, like North of 120, um Aaron Rye numbers. But the one guy I wanted to mention to you, shoot, let me go find him again, Pat. Oh, he's been playing well. And I haven't mentioned him like in any of the pre tournaments where he's played well. And Bo Hostler. Will still think I bring up to you, but I but can't th not. This is sponsors. Th th this is not the tournament when he lost. I know that was Houston. Yes, that was Houston. But he's been playing well. He's played well at different locations throughout the um, year. I want to say if you think our boy Rick gives um, like good vibes, Rick had him as a guest last week. So uh, good vibes from the Run Good Count Compound, <laughs> maybe to to the Hostler campaign, but. I don't know. I'm seeing as high as 140. It's playing pretty consistent. I, I listen. You want to start talking about Higo and those type of guys? I'd rather go Higo over Hostler. I'm just looking at the past 24 round key numbers. Here's the top 10 in the field as it stands by my numbers overall. Luke List is number one. Keegan is number two. Hideki three. Rory four. Vegas five. Kirk is sixth. Connors is seventh. Smother Man is eighth. Finau is ninth, and our guy, Party, Marty Laird, is number 10. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, 
Bryson's number 11 for what it's worth. I always forget about Marty till he shows up to the party and he always brings chips. Oh, no one is, no one is a fan of not betting Laird pre-event and then seeing him on like Saturday, like three back, being like, oh, I'll live bet Laird 100 to 1 right now. And then he's out of it like two minutes later. Yeah, well, because players you think he's just as good as are like 40 to 1 live. Yeah. So you're like, I'll try him at 100. I was like, Laird's won a bunch of times on the PGA Tour. He can figure this out. It's like, no. And every time that I don't need him to win, he wins. Let's see. He's won this tournament before in 2013. He won Shriners and he won API. So it's not like he can't win. Yeah, no, and I don't mind any of these sort of long shots. Uh, Dylan Fertelli was doing PGA Tour radio last week. He was good. He was good. He was great. Um, Can we translate that into to um, seem like nineties, a hundreds? He's won here, hasn't he? No, he won the John Deere. Oh, same as Glover. Um, Who were the other guys that were that popped up long shot wise? Oh, Guido, but that's pulling. Guido's now three hundred to one. That's pulling numbers from like last year at the U.S. Open. I didn't even know he was playing. Well, he's in the Masters because the U.S. Open finish. Oh my god! But he's been so bad over in Europe. He made that run and it looked like he was gonna make the Ryder Cup team, and he has been literal shit since. But we might still have to play a little Guido. No, I don't know about that. Like He's been like l- legit terrible. So the long shots numbers-wise, his numbers aren't true numbers. He only has 16 total rounds anyway, and most of those aren't any time in the past eight months. So Neesmith, Smotherman, Guido, Aaron Rye, who you mentioned, Cam Percy is already withdrawn, JJ Spawn is 160, Steele is 100, Nick Taylor's 125, Gim's 100, Swafford's 200, although every time I bet him, he is six over power through six holes, so that's tough for me. Uh, Svensson, like Glover, those are the triple digit guys that rate out really well in the short term, but it's really Smotherman, Laird, and Neesmith are the three that kind of stand above everyone else as super duper long shots. Everyone else is just kind of (laughs) good. And this Taylor Moore was like everyone's model boy not too long ago. People just forget about him, I guess. I I don't know, but my favorite like model guy from the first like month and a half of the season, Chad Ramey. Obviously, I didn't bet him to win Corrales, and then he fucking oh. wins. He won. That was... Captain Ramius coming through. That's always a fun one, that that finish in Corrales. Let's see. Taylor Moore putts really well on Poa. Let's see. Miscut, miscut, 42nd, miscut. Those were all, like, before that case. So here's what I'm talking about with the Florida swing, right? So he was 8th at RSM, 67th at Amex, missed the cut at Farmers, and he was 16th at Pebble, 21st at the Genesis. Then we go to Florida. Miscut, 42nd, miscut, miscut. Maybe this is where he starts getting it back again? Who knows? Yeah, I'll probably have a lot of draft kings. You, know, you might not even be able to play draft kings uh, let's anymore, not go down that road. I don't. Let's not go down that road right now. I've already I, I, put in I some d- backup. Uh, like, yeah. I, I don't have any uh I yeah, don't people messaging me like I have insider answers. I'm just the guy. <laughs> I, I feel like they would let me know and they never do let me know any of these things. I was like, can you just tell me? Like if it's actually not half like if, if 
DraftKings is not going to be allowed in Ontario anymore. Can you just tell me? And that way I can try to figure it out for people to try to talk around, see what we can do to try to rectify this, sign petitions, whatever it is. Like, no, nothing. Just, I I guess they're working on this stuff. But all I've heard so far, and maybe DraftKings will follow along, it's that other site that I didn't even really know existed until they banned playing DFS in Ontario. So I haven't haven't heard it officially for DraftKings yet, although I'd say it's not looking great. No, but like the lobby that got it legalized in New York, can't you just send them up here for a weekend? Now, Jeff, I don't know if you know this, but different countries have different laws. No, I understand that, but it's still like the same big dick swinging in an office trying to work it out kind of people. Sort of, but not really at the same time. Whatever. I, I, whatever. It just seems so strange that they legalize sports betting, single game sports betting in Ontario, bring in all of the providers, yet now you can't play daily fantasy, which was always. You know, I'll tell you, I, this is the same issue. This is no different because I never, I haven't had an issue making any bets in years. I didn't care about any legislation. I know in other places it's different. And in the States, I'm happy for you. If you're getting all your things or your States legalized, it's no different than the goddamn weed pad. Like the party, like the legalization has just made it more annoying. I never one time in my life had an issue making a bet. Now that it's becoming legal, I'm going to have more issues making a bet. I never had an issue in my entire life getting lettuce. I'm trying to see, like, there's an official statement here. So I don't know. I'm not saying that it is going to be banned for DFS users in Ontario. If you're watching this in Ontario, that's in Canada, by the way, for our American viewers who may not be able to, like, locate anything outside of their hometown on a map, even if they could do that. Not saying that's all Americans. I'm saying it's a lot of Americans, though. Maybe not the, you know, the the great people who watch this show, but from my experience in talking to people, you don't know where anything is in Canada. I mean, why would you, I suppose? But... Oh, that's a real kick in the nuts, because Ontario is probably, I don't have complete figures off the top of my head in terms of population, but behind New York, behind Texas, behind California, obviously, what's the population of Florida? Like, it's got to be around that, doesn't it? No, it is not. There's 21 million people in Florida? Jesus. Uh, So it's smaller than Florida. It would be like the sixth biggest state, essentially, I think, in terms of population. So it's a big market. Frankly, I'm shocked they're not doing more. Or maybe they are doing more and they're just trying to... Where it hasn't been announced yet, why would you announce something that's not happening if you can try to get it rectified before this weird deadline ends up coming in? All this to say, I don't know. Yeah, Ontario has 15 million people. That's, you know, 5 million less than New York... 4 million less than New York State, which was like the biggest thing in the world to try to get legalized. (laughs) Or maybe they're just saying that sportsbook matters so much more than daily fantasy that they don't care anymore. Maybe that's part of this too. Although it does say under Ontario legislation that daily fantasy sports contests are to be considered sports wagering under the new guidelines. So that seems to be the the nomenclature within this new law that's fucking everything up. Yeah, that's why I said, so just get your New York City big dick swingers over there and go lick some boots in Ontario. Yeah, that can make a lot of sense. Yeah. Just, just be vocal about it, and you'll be good to go. Anyway. I mean, if they got Bellasio to shift, they could sure as hell just rub, rub rub a Ford brother the right way. That's true. Hey, Doug, here we go. Like, holy shit. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the quick picks for the Valero 
Texas, open, Woodland 40, Finau 50, Kirk 50, List 80 with the each way. I'm going to bet Bryson. I might bet answer too, but Bryson for sure, 28 or better is what I'll end up getting it. I'm holding out for a 30-33 to see if that ends up popping up. They end up boosting him. Although that, that 25 on answer, if you don't take it now, it might be gone is what I'm thinking. If I do lose the 25, probably not going to play it at 20. Uh, yeah, so I have bet Woodland at 39, we'll just say 40, Finau 50, Kirk 50. I like you, I'm eyeing up that Bryson, though. Like, oh, yeah, eyeing that one up. And Bobby Mack played a big number uh, north of the border, so I'm in on Bobby Mack at 80. And I still don't mind Luke List. I'm seeing it 66, 70. I think in this field... Sucks to have lost the 80, but that's that, that that's totally fine. Yeah, it's still a way better number. Like you, I mean, I love Bobby Mack and everything, but Bobby Mack at 40 versus List at 66? Like, List legitimately just wanted Tory Pines. <laughs> that Bobby Mack 80 is still there, but... Yeah, I mean, like I said, just go site shopping. Oh, I do want to let you know is that if you're out of the one and done or don't feel like you could win, two bits of information on that before we get to our one and done picks for the week. One is that there is a brand new race for the Mayo Cup for major season masters through the Open Championship. It's $100 to play. Fantasygolfchampionships.com to go sign up for that. If you already have a one-and-done team, it's pretty easy just to go get a new team and restart everything. You can find the link down in the description to play in that right now. There's only 1,000 spots or 1,100 spots, something like that. Uh, so it's going to fill up really quickly. So go play in that right now. But someone actually threw up this. This is at MJH31183. Not a bot, apparently. But it was an interesting one-and-done observation in the race for the Mayo Cup that you could have picked every player so far this year to miss the cut. But if you had hit Cam Smith at the players and Scotty Scheffler this week, you'd be inside of the top 40 in the race for the Mayo Cup. So yeah, that's you got to just swing big. you got to hit your a couple big swings. So, hitting winners. That's all that really matters. <laughs> yeah. Who are you taking in the one and done? Cust is taking Chris Kirk. I'm going to take... Um, all right, I'm going to take Gary Woodland. Okay. Corey Connors. It is a nice spot to use Connors in like a three-man one and done. I, who do you think will end up being the most popular one and done guy? Answer? Answer, Connors, Kirk, probably, Woodland. I could see all of those guys. Would you burn Rory here if you knew that no one was going to take him? Yeah, that's a deep thing. Yeah, you just totally pivot. You go to Rory, pays over a million bucks, and you, you get happy. I Yeah, that's a def, definitely a strategy I would consider, but I second one and done, and I'm going to look into those re-up tournaments where I can donate money after a month into those as well, and then maybe you'll start a summer summer swing one, and I can donate into that one too. <laughs> yeah, fantasygolfchampionships.com to go play in that right now. Ryan Noonan on the show tomorrow, live in studio with Tambo on Wednesday, taking your questions at noon Eastern time. What do you got going on the rest of the week? Yeah, I'll be uh, going live with Noonan in the morning tomorrow, ironically, 11 a.m. over at BetSports Golf, where you can find me regularly now doing a video with Rick for odds checker and I'm um, fired up. It's, it's masters. It's, it's pretty much masters week. We're not going to talk about this tournament again, Pat. So next time me and you are chatting, it is 
the Masters, and that just feels great to say. It's exciting because we have the Masters and then the best tournament of the year, the Heritage following that. And then we had like <laughs> we got like the Zurich, and then I'm going on vacation before the PGA Championship, so it's going to be fun. Yeah. I've decided to take like a real vacation this year. You earned it. Thank you. But I'm going to stay and do Quail Hollow, and then I'm going to go. So you're not going to get me at the TPC Bunny Ranch this year, unfortunately. I got some cool shows lined up for when I'm gone that I can just release um, that I think people will be pretty excited about. Golf shows, too. Good. You'll enjoy them, too. And you don't usually enjoy the show when you're not on it. That's not true at all. I got to watch Cam Stewart (laughs) claim for the bottom third of football season that I've never invited him golfing, (laughs) which is not fair and it's not true. I invite Cam golfing. I guarantee you, like, when I took Pozzola, I invited Cam. Probably when I took you, I invited Cam. Yeah, what wouldn't have been in the message, the message would have been like, Cam, like, going golfing, do you want to come? My treat. Not, Cam, we're going to my private country club, do you want to come? Yada, yada, yada. It's really nice there. So you made it very clear to him that you would be paying. Yeah, for sure. I okay. assume so. Right. I would think so. You have to remember. I, I know that he sort of kept a running bit that like every time it came up that he'd never been invited. And I kind of bit my tongue on that right now. But now you accuse me of not, not, not watching. You have to remember I love that, that show. Cam's an old, so he's not the best at texting. So he might get stuff lost in translation too. Yeah, but I like I just I, I promise you there's no way I'd be like I would invite I would go golfing with Pozzola and not think oh, like I'm going to invite Cam on this. Like that would never happen. Makes sense. All right, at G Feinberg 17 on Twitter at the PME on Twitter, which you probably want to follow cuz I'll have some free giveaways for Masters. I got some Masters gear to give away too. So tune into next Monday's show with Jeff, myself, maybe even a special guest in studio. Who knows to find out who and who is not cursed at the Masters this time around. Anyway, check out the Listener's League. That's down in the description. Smash the like, call them up on DK Nation, and I will be back tomorrow. I'll see you then. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com